Welcome to Between the Shelves, the premier Sable Library podcast. Uh, this week we are your your three hosts. My name is Tori, and we have with us Meg from the Children's Department. Hi. And Christina from the Adult Department. Hello. Uh, and we're just going to talk a little bit about what we are into right now. Christina, do you have uh, a thing that I am into? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have been watching The Traitors on Peacock, which I famously have said I hate reality TV. Um, however, um, this one is like one of my favorite board games, kind of, which is Avalon. It's a social deduction game. Um, so this is the second season that they're doing it and it's all other reality stars, like from Survivor and Big Brother, some Real Housewives, other reality stars. I don't know what else there is. The Bachelor. The Bachelor, yes. How could I forget? Um... And three of them are picked to be traders, and they have to compete for money. But the prize pot is the same for everyone. The idea is just that the trade, if a trader is left at the end, they get the money. And they can kill people at night. They, can, they don't really murder them. It's just a mechanic of the game. And um, it has been um, really fun to watch all of these people not really understand um, how to really play a social deduction game, which is interesting since a lot of them have made their their claim to fame has been doing, I guess, reality TV shows. So some of the challenges they have to do are weird. They recently... Um, I don't want to give too many spoilers because I think there's a lot of exciting stuff happening on the show. So if you ever want to watch it, I don't want to be like, and then this thing happens, and you're like, oh, Christina told me about that. This ruined everything. I was listening to the Save a Library podcast, and then everything was ruined. And everything was ruined. Not the reputation um, we want. So, like, one of the challenges, the traders are allowed to poison one person. Um, and they have, like, a chalice that they have to get the person to drink out of. Which is a thing that has not happened in the game. I mean, they drink. There's a bar there. But, like, no one has ever been like, here, drink from this cup. So they have to sort of covertly get someone to drink out of a cup um, to be slowly poisoned. And then they don't reveal who that is. They make them play, like, a riddle game. And then sort of bury the person who was poisoned alive. Which is, like, not really fun for anyone. Um, But it has been... Um, in the previous season, everyone did a lot of really dumb stuff all of the time. Um, and there have been some interesting plays by the faithful in this game. They definitely have a disadvantage in the game. So it's just been fun to watch all of these like reality stars think that they like they've got it. And to be so wrong about something and then be so mad at everyone else for it and yell at them and be like, you told us that that person was the traitor. I'm like, I don't have any more information than you. Why, why are you getting so mad? But yeah, this is my like first like foray into reality TV. I think an element of that show that's fun if you are a big fan of reality TV, which I, you've sort of been talking to me about it and I'll give you some facts about some of the players because I love reality TV, but they get a really good mix of people who are known for being devious on their shows and people who are known for being clueless on their shows and they're all trying to do this weird social game of trickery. Uh, so it's interesting to see some of them try really hard to do things that they are bad at socially on this show. 
uh, it, it creates an interesting dynamic. Yes. Sounds fun. Oh, and one of them is just a member, a former member of parliament, which I think is weird. <laughs> <laughs> reality stars and a former member and of parliament. And a former member of parliament. Which I guess is its own kind of yeah. reality. Own reality show. <clears throat> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I watched a couple episodes of the first season, but I've never really gotten into it, so I'm... Since you've said it's I good. I think I'm... season two is significantly improved. They've done a lot of things. They've, they've also added a lot more elements of surprise to the game to keep everybody on their toes. Meg, what have you been into lately? Um, so I actually just finished reading a book that I did not expect to like. I didn't think I would dislike it, but I kept hearing about it. Um, it was called Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Va- Shelby Van Pelt. Um, and one of the, it has multiple narrators, but one of the narrators of the story is an octopus. Oh. A great Pacific octopus named Marcellus. And I can't say that I've read a book where... I don't even think a character was an octopus, much less, you know, a narrator. Um, And it was just a really interesting story about an older woman who uh, was widowed and lost her teenage son, um, like 30 years ago at this point, uh, tragically. And she, to kind of combat her loneliness, has a job at the local aquarium where she um, cleans at night when the aquarium is closed. And so she'll like, talk to the creatures in the tanks as she goes around cleaning um so that way she is recognizing that you know she's surrounded by creatures um but doesn't really have to make small talk with people um and it's just very interesting to see that over the course of the story she develops a kind of friendship with marcellus who is the great pacific octopus um and then a whole other cast of characters kind of comes into play so uh she gets hurt at one point and then cannot work And so you get to meet her replacement and you get to meet some of her friends that live in her small town. You get to meet the Scottish grocery store owner who found himself in this very small town in uh, Washington state. And it's just interesting how this whole kind of quirky cast of characters just comes together and how you find out how they're all interconnected because the octopus helps her find out what really happened to her son 30 years ago. Oh, wow. Mm. It sounds like there's a lot of elements of like slice of life and a little bit of mystery in there. A little bit of definitely slice of life, sort of mystery, um, definitely some found family. Like it was just really lovely. Um, and typically, I don't find myself enjoying books that are like the main where the main character is significantly older than me, um, just because even though I can appreciate their story, I don't find it relatable at all and sometimes it's really written where it's like focusing on this character is 70 and it would be so focused on their ailments or the very specific life experiences that I'm so far from that it isn't something that I feel um really can capture my attention and this I could not put it down like I finished it in like two days it was really interesting um so I liked that and it was very different from the other book I recently finished reading which is um Allie Hazelwood's new book um, and Allie Hazelwood, we've mentioned in a previous episode, um, <laughs> has written published fan fiction um, and became very popular very suddenly for what she calls her STEMinist books, where it's about women in STEM um, who fall in love with usually men that they work with. Men in STEM as men, well. <laughs> men who are also in STEM. Um, and even though they're fun, a they're, she's basically written the same book like five or six times now, some of them as novellas, some of them as full-length novels. And so this was her first uh, time branching out into um, 
paranormal, I'll call it, instead of fantasy. Um, but she wrote a werewolf vampire book, um, which was very interesting. So it just came out in February, which is probably when this episode is airing. It actually came out today. We're recording on February 6th. Are we not supposed to say that? You might as well just give out our GPS location. <laughs> we are at the Seva Library. Um, if I'm not allowed to say that, I'm What sorry. is the title of that one? It is called Bride. And it is about a vampire that has to marry the head werewolf um, in order to stop the war between their two species. And her name is Misery. Her name is Misery, which is unfortunate. But I was really interested to read it to see if it was going to be like her feminist books, where it was just smart, brainy woman falls in love with very large man. Um, and it was interesting because that's basically what all of her other books are. Um, and she also has a very specific writing style that for me is very reminiscent of like 2012 internet humor. For those of you who are familiar with Tumblr.com, it is very evident in her writing that Allie Hazelwood spent too much time, too much time on the internet. Um, and so I was hesitant to see how her style and everything I've come to expect from her would translate into this very different genre. And it was all still very much there. But did you feel like it translated well? It translated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't dislike the book. It was just interesting, but it was also very obvious that it was her first attempt in the genre. So I would read another one by her, Um, but it was definitely interesting. But to go from Bride with a main character named Misery to... um, Remarkably Bright Creatures with a narrating octopus was a very, uh... Your taste recently has run the gamut from It's been from jarring. It was yes. great. But, um, yeah, I'm into both of those things. It was really interesting. Very cool. Some good books to check out. Tori, what are you into? Well, mine is kind of like a return to something for me um, that I accidentally have gotten myself embroiled in, which is, again, I'm a big uh, <clears throat> reality TV watcher, and I think... Almost all of my What Are You Into's have been a a reality show. And this time it's RuPaul's Drag Race, which is not a new show. But even though I've been watching it for quite a few years at this point, there are several seasons of it that are early seasons that I had skipped over. uh, seasons, Seasons two and three. So I thought, why don't I go back and finally watch these seasons, even though I know all of the participants and a lot of the the references to it, I have never seen it in context. So I sat down to watch them, and it was really interesting to see some drag queens that I was very familiar with later in their careers uh, when they were like younger before they had been more established and come back and been on the show again. And then I decided to just keep watching uh, since it's been so long since I watched some of these seasons. So I've been having a really good time rewatching and uh, reminiscing about some of the fun moments that had happened for anybody who hasn't seen RuPaul's Drag Race. It is, it started off sort of as a, a parody of Project Runway and America's Next Top Model, those kinds of competition reality shows, but instead of doing sewing or modeling, they're all drag queens. So it ends up being a bunch of drag queens doing different competitions. Sometimes they have to do an acting challenge or a sewing challenge uh, until at the end of the season they pick America's uh, Next Drag Superstar. And the host is RuPaul, famed drag queen of the 90s and 2000s. Uh, and it's just a lot of fun and it becomes in the later seasons really self-referential so it rewards you if you're a viewer that keeps watching because they'll reference themselves and famous quotes from the show and it's just a lot of fun does anybody else have anything that they've been into recently that they want to bring up 
I visited a new bookstore over the weekend. Oh, that's fun. And considering it's February and the dead of winter, um, something I'm really into right now are the rare sunny days that we get. And so this past weekend, we had two really beautiful days in a row. And one of the days um, I was here. Um, So I didn't have a chance to be outside. So I was really grateful for the second day where there was a lot of sun. And so on Sunday, I visited the Never Ending Story, which is a new bookstore that just opened in Babylon Village. Oh, wow. So close. So close. I think it's only been open for a couple of weeks. Um, And it was cool. I've been to Tiny Raccoon Books here in Sayville. And so it's fun that now we have so many, uh, not so many, but now that we're seeing more (laughs) independent bookstores opening up on the South Shore. A lot of the big ones that have been on Long Island have either been out east or famously the book review that was in Huntington, which is now the next chapter. Yes. Um, So it was cool to visit that. It was really nice and it was sunny out because Babylon, similarly to Sayville, is a very walkable little town. It was nice to be able to go and like get a cup of coffee and visit the new bookstore. And I actually saw the book I talked about before, Remarkably Bright Creatures. I was able to purchase a copy of it uh, at the bookstore because I had just finished reading it and I saw it on the shelf and now I get to keep it on my bookshelf forever. It's a lot of fun because it's very, it's been very disappointing to see all the independent bookstores close down. Not that there were ever a lot, but I know Red Jacket Books in West Hampton closed recently and like you said, book review. So it's hard to avoid buying your books from Amazon or a Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble is like, is the indie bookstore now, I guess, but uh, I would definitely like to check that one out. Yeah, it was great. So highly recommend to you and all of our listeners. So thank you for joining us for another episode of What Are You Into? Uh, Meg and Christina, thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time on Between the Shelves. Bye! Bye!